through the wonders of technology all the way from Singapore. And I understand that recently you've been studying the book of Matthew and talking about the themes of the kingdom, the contrast between the kingdom of God and the kingdoms of this world, the difference between kingdom citizens and how they stand apart in the world as salt and light, and that the kingdom of heaven is for all classes and all races of people. And today we're going to continue on the kingdom theme and talk about how does the kingdom expand. And to do that, let's turn in our Bibles to Romans chapter 10. I'm going to read for us Romans chapter 10, starting at verse 13. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? So faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the word of Christ. Now before we talk about how the kingdom expands, I want to ask a more fundamental question. Should the kingdom even expand? Should we seek this, the expansion of the kingdom? And if we take stock of our current situation in the midst of a global pandemic, I think we'll find the answer is yes. But a few data points. First, one of the largest porn sites on the internet, and one of the most popular during this time of pandemic, has offered free premium subscription to all of its users because, in their words, they just want to help. If you look at the suicide rate, where is it highest in the world? It's in the most developed nations. Ironically, the most developed nations in the world also have the highest suicide rates. This week, we heard at the highest office in our land, the Governor General's office, Rideau Hall, allegations of a toxic workplace. We were having an intense conversation around racism and discrimination in Canada, the US, China, even Singapore where I live with our migrant worker community. These are huge conversations that are happening. And even though many of us have so much, we realize that inside we're broken and we're longing for so much more. I love how the late Ravi Zacharias says, we've never had more television channels and we've never been more bored. This week I received a letter from our church over in Waterloo from the leadership there and it said this, I thought it was so fitting to our theme. The immense chasm we have placed between ourselves and God is the original and most persistent pandemic. We have never been able to create a vaccine to prevent it. In fact, like with the Tower of Babel, every effort we make to build a bridge back to heaven actually casts us further away. No matter how hard we climb, we continue to slide down the muddy slope towards destruction. The riptide of sin is too strong and too wide to swim against. It is an extremely real and extremely dangerous crisis. As followers of Christ, we have received an inoculation from the dangerous virus of sin and separation. Not a vaccine of our own creation, but one wrought by the blood of Christ himself. He has given us the cure. That cure is redemption by grace through faith in the person and work of Jesus. And so yes, the answer to my fundamental question of should we seek the expansion of the kingdom is a resounding 
Yes, there are many, many people without this cure. And our king has invited us, even commanded us, to make disciples of all the nations. And he invites us to be part of the kingdom expansion. And so with that in mind, let's pick up our passage at verse 13. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone. Let's consider the word everyone for a moment. Now, no matter what your theological leaning is on the doctrine of election, we, the reality is, is that we don't know who the elect are. And so we share the gospel and, and wanting to make the gospel known to the ends of the earth. Everyone is on a journey. I believe this is true of our classmates, of our workmates, of our neighbors. And we often think of that missions is way far out there, overseas, and that really all the work of missions is, is, is bringing the gospel far away. But I think missions, more uh, deeply understood, is the desire to see the kingdom expanded by entering into the story that God is writing in someone's life and making yourself available to journey with them. Um, I think we, we see in the parable of the, the lost coin and the prodigal son, the intense longing and desire that the Lord has to connect with people on a journey, that he's willing to do whatever it takes to make himself known. And this is why at our condo complex, I work so hard to learn people's names, to hear what makes them tick, to look and listen for redemptive threads that might be going on in their life so that I can go deeper with them. You know, as we work with our teams all around the world as digital missionaries, one of the things that we emphasize to our teams is that behind every screen is a person. And with so many digital analytics available today, it's so easy to get lost in all the numbers and all the information about everyone that's coming and engaging with our online experiences. But we remind people, behind every number is a name. Every name has a story, and every story matters to God. A few months ago, a young man wrote into one of our websites, issuesiface.com, and he said he had a challenge, and I was the one that picked up his his question, and he was a student studying in South Asia, and he was facing an intensive examination to try to get into medical school, but the pressure was so great, and he said, I can't stand it. I think I'm going to take my own life. And I wrote him back, and I said, I care for you. I love you. I'm concerned for you. And I was able to pray with him and share with him a suicide help hotline in his country. And you know what, there was no fancy conversion story with this young man, but I was able to help him live to see another day, write his exam and help him take the next step and trusting that someone else will now pick up the baton and journey with him. And in our everyday interactions, we need to be on the lookout, seeing where God is at work and what God is doing in people's lives. Because we believe that the gospel is for everyone and that Christ is relevant in the life of each and every person that we interact with each and every day. And this is why Meredith and I have invested our lives in missions and in digital missions because people are in the digital spaces today 
everyone seemingly is there. And so we want to go where the people are because we believe that the gospel is for everyone. Continuing on in our passage, for everyone who calls. Let's think about the word calls for a moment. Have you ever called upon the name of the Lord? It's important to realize here that there's nothing to earn here. There's nothing to do here. Salvation, reconciliation with God is a free gift. This righteousness has been already accomplished by Jesus. What do you need to do? The only thing you need to do is accept um, God's free gift by calling on his name. How do you help someone in today's day and age call upon the name of the Lord? Well, I think one of the best ways you do that is by seeking to connect with someone's heart. Everyone has needs in their life. Everyone has issues I face. That's why one of our top sites is called Issues I Face. People are facing broken relationships. They're facing um, financial hardships. They're facing uncertainty about the future. And what people are realizing, especially in this time of global pandemic, is all of the efforts, all of the things that humanity has given us, provided for us, has been striving towards, all of these things ultimately cannot save us. I read some research recently that said 57% of people before making a major purchase do research online. And I think the same is true when people are making a spiritual decision. It's uh, when they're making a spiritual decision, they go online. They go online searching for hope, searching for filling those longings of their heart. We had a team in a very sensitive part of the world, a part of the world that's very closed, very hostile towards Christianity. And wanting to seek to connect with people's hearts, they built a simple page on social media and placed some very simple ads asking people if they were feeling like they had no hope and they wanted to talk with someone. And in this very sensitive part of the world, they had over 1,800 people respond back and say, I'd like to talk to someone. I need someone to help me make sense of what's going on in the world because things as I see it just aren't working and I want more out of this life. And in that culture and in that context, there's not a lot of safe places to explore who Jesus is and what he offers. But this team, through the anonymity of social media and online, was able to provide a safe space for people where they actually began to open up. They began to share who they really were and what their deepest longings of their hearts were. And this team actually saw 36 people indicate decisions to begin to follow Jesus. And they're journeying with hundreds more, all because they were seeking to help to connect with someone's heart so that they could call upon the name of the Lord. And not only do we need to connect with people's hearts in a relational sense, we need to connect with people's hearts in a language sense. And that's why my team works so hard to make clear, concise presentations of the gospel available in the heart languages of people. 
We've got an app called the, the God Tools app. You can just go to your app store and search for God Tools and try to download it. It's got a simple presentation of the gospel in over 80 languages. We also make the Jesus film, the world's most translated film, a film about the life of Christ, available in over 1,700 languages. Because we want to help everyone be able to discover who Jesus is in their heart language. We want to help every believer have the ability right from the phone in their pocket, no matter who they meet in whatever circumstance, to be able to be ready to have a clear, compelling, and relevant presentation of the gospel to share with someone. And so, people call upon the name of the Lord as we connect with their hearts. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Let's think about the, the third element in this verse, the name. This is not the name of our organization, Power to Change, or of our church, Lakeside. This is Jesus, the King of Kings, the only one that death could not hold, the one who has no rival and no equal. Again, in a, a country, in a location that I can't specifically tell you about, one of our missionaries there began to notice something. That This is a female missionary. She began to notice that her young female friends from that local culture were coming to her saying, I've been having dreams. Can you help me understand them? And in their dreams, there was always a man that appeared to be so kind and gracious and compassionate towards them. And he was offering them something more, something new, something exciting. And there was something in them or in him that made these women want to follow him. And he seemed to be calling them to follow him. But yet these women were confused because that was something that didn't make sense in their culture and in their environment. And so they sought out the help of my missionary sister who could then pull out her phone and share with them simple presentation of the gospel to explain the one whom they were dreaming about and to point them to this name, to this person, Jesus, who could offer them redemption, who could offer them hope, could offer them meaning. And in a context where women are severely repressed and oppressed, these women are finding hope and fulfillment and new life in the name of Jesus. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Let's think about that word saved. This saving is not earned. As we mentioned before, this is God's gift to us. It's received by faith. And what are we saved from? Well, we're saved from the wrath of God. We're also saved from being a slave to sin. And we're saved from that eternal separation and from the power of sin in our lives. And we're also saved to new life, we're saved to hope, we're, uh, it's a, a redeeming or a redemptive saving, and it's eternity with God in perfect relationship with Him. I love what one of my colleagues in French-speaking Africa experienced recently, and one of the, the things we do with our teams and with our students and with people um, we're ministering to around the world is to equip them to know how to talk about this name. Jesus with their friends. And we run something called a digital day 
of outreach. And uh, this uh, colleague of mine was leading people through a digital day of outreach, and he said, well, I want to participate in the outreach as well, but I've, I've told so many of my friends and, and people that I know um, uh, physically and through social media already about Jesus, I'm not sure who I could reach out to today. And then he had a thought. He said, the prime minister of my country is on Facebook. Why don't I try to talk with him? And he sent a message to the prime minister's account. And wouldn't you know, the prime minister actually wrote him back. And over the course of a day and a night, my colleague and the prime minister of this country went back and forth over chat on social media, discussing the deepest and most meaningful things in life. And you know that uh, when you're chatting with someone, sometimes you see that speech bubble moving and then you're anticipating what they were going to write. And it was almost like the prime minister would write something and then he'd erase it and then he'd write something again and then he'd erase it because he was deeply processing this opportunity and what it would mean to begin to follow Jesus. What it would, be mean, what it would mean to be saved from the wrath of God. What it means to call upon the name of the Lord. And ultimately, this prime minister decided to put his faith in Christ and our colleague was, was able to interact and engage with him. Wow. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Let's carry on to verse 14 to 16. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? I love this part of the Bible. It's one of my favorite passages, and it's probably because I'm a, I'm a nerd or a geek, and I just love analytical things. And I love the sequencing here of call, believe, hear, preach, send. And so what does this look like today? In the year 2020, how does this process happen? How should we be thinking about it in our lives today? Well, first, as I've already mentioned, I think the metaphor of a journey is really powerful. And for those of you who know and follow Jesus, you think about your own process. You think about the various touch points and the people that were part of you coming to faith. There's lots of different people and lots of little steps in that journey. And so a question for us as the body of Christ is how do we shape the experiences that would allow people to hear and compel them to believe? I think this means engaging with culture, knowing issues of the day, understanding the challenges and questions and struggles that people are going through, and then coming alongside them and gently and graciously helping them in their journey, pointing them to the scriptures and to the person of Christ so that they can see this redemption that is available only through Christ. People need a guide. They need a guide to help them see, hear, and believe. And so today, um, I believe that helping people call, believe, and hear means journeying alongside of them as a guide. Now, for those of us who are followers of Jesus, we also need to see our part in the preaching and sending. And we know that from other places in scripture, it's actually Jesus himself who is sending us out. We've been commissioned by Jesus to preach the gospel to the world, to make disciples of all the nations. And that word preach in this sentence here in Romans chapter 10, uh, verse um, 12, is the Greek word caruso. It means to be a herald, 
or to proclaim. And I think often in our day and age, we don't know the words that we ought to speak. And part of that is learning and preparing and getting training and equipping on what it means to speak. But another part of it is simply being a witness, a witness to what we've seen and heard, a witness to the change that we've experienced in our life because of what Christ has done. And I love what it says in verse 17 at the end there, and hearing through the word of Christ. There's this sense in verse 17 that as we speak, feeble as our words may be, it's actually the word of Christ speaking through us. And so as we bring our message to a close today, let's think about how can you and I actively be involved in the expansion of the kingdom? I think there's three different ways. You can pray, you can give, or you can go. And of course, you can do all three of those at the same time. So firstly, praying. Everybody can pray for somebody. What would it look like if every day or every week you were bringing one, two, five people in your sphere of influence before the Father and asking Him to open their eyes and open the eyes of their hearts, open their minds, open their ears to hearing the Word of Christ. Another app that my team has developed is called Mission Hub. Again, you can just go to your app store and search it. And what Mission Hub does is it gives you simple little prompts for how you can ask questions, for how you can take little micro steps with the people in your sphere of influence, but most importantly, prompts you to pray for the people in your life that don't yet know Jesus. And secondly, not only do we need to be praying personally for those that are involved, uh, that, that are in our sphere of influence, but we need to be praying broadly that the gospel might be brought to the ends of the earth, that in places and spaces where the name of Jesus is not yet known, that God would provide a way for this gospel to go forth. You know, praying has never been easier. There's tons of apps out there that help you pray effectively. One of my favorite is the, the YouVersion app, the Bible app. It's got a prayer feature. Easy way to go and add prayer requests, to remind yourself to pray, to invite your friends into praying with you. Apps like Operation World help you pray for the world and for places, again, and spaces where the gospel's not yet known. So we can and we must pray in seeing the kingdom expanded. Secondly, we can give. We can invest in bringing the gospel to the last, the lost, and the least. And you would be surprised how just a little bit can go a long way. Recently, a colleague from uh, Pakistan reached out to me and he said, the coronavirus is, is just hitting our country and our economy and our ministry really, really hard. Is there any way that you could help us? And we wrote him back and we asked a few questions about what his budget was and what his needs were. And you know that his monthly budget was probably for us around the price of a new pair of shoes. It's incredible to think how little so many of our colleagues live and work on. And uh, we prayed about it. And he said, you know what? We can help this guy out with one month of salary for him and his family. We're barely going to feel it in our budget. Now, we do want to give sacrificially, but the reality was we probably wouldn't feel that amount very much. 
And uh, as we sent him the money and he wrote back with thanks, he actually shared with us how he shared this money with four different families in his ministry and in his city. And so it was just a, a good reminder for us about how what is really a little to me could be a lot to others. And I want to be investing that and bring the gospel to the ends of the earth. Ask the Lord to put people and causes on your heart so that you can channel some of your hard-earned treasure, which actually comes from God and you're a steward of, into seeing the gospel proclaimed to the ends of the earth in places and spaces where it is not yet being engaged with. So we can pray, we can give, and finally, we can go. You know what? And today, this probably doesn't mean going overseas. I think there's simple ways that you can go and be with those around you in a missional sense, praying for them, prepared to share with them, listening to those, uh, again, those threads and the currents of the issues that might be happening in their lives. I think a great place to listen is on social media. Recently, one of our friends, Meredith, said, I've been watching her Instagram posts, and I think something has changed in her life. I'm not sure what, but I think it has. And so she messaged her friend, sent her a direct message, said, I, I, I know we're not as close as we used to be, but I just thought it would reach out because I saw your post and I think something has changed. And sure enough, there was a significant relationship in this woman's life that had really significantly changed in the last little bit. And Meredith was astute enough, the spirit impressing on her, that something had changed and that she could reach out to this friend and actually use that as a, a doorway to gospel conversation. There's lots of apps out there. Again, the YouVersion app, there's one called Yes He Is, the God Tools one that we've made, that allows you to simply share relevant and meaningful content on social media with people that, again, is going to open up a conversation and an opportunity to, to share your faith. I believe today that the mobile phone that we carry in our pocket is one of the greatest means for outreach and the greatest means for discipleship. 24-7 we have the ability to be growing in our faith and sharing this life-changing message of Jesus with others so we can pray, give, and go. And so in conclusion, the world needs hope more than ever. This hope is found only in the saving name of Jesus. So let's ask the Father how we might participate in sending and preaching so that the kingdom can be expanded whether it's our classmate at school sitting next to us, or it's the person in a rural village that doesn't even have electricity yet, there's ways that we can participate in the expansion of the kingdom. So let's use our feeble words, our thoughts, our posts, to help people hear and believe and call on the one who brings new life. And might we see a multitude of people worshiping with us our one true God, our glorious King. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the redemption and hope that is found only in the name of Jesus. Give us the boldness and courage to proclaim this message clearly. We pray that those in our classes and in our neighborhoods and in our workplaces would come to call and to believe and to hear the words and the truth of the gospel. Help us know how to preach and where to go to effectively be a part of expanding your kingdom. We pray this in Jesus' name.
Amen. Good to be with you. God bless.